0: Hello, welcome to the Pardes Moshe podcast. Uh, this coming Shabbos, we're going to read Parshash Mishpatim. However, the Mafter is referred to as Parshash Shkolim. This is the first of four unique or distinct um, Mafters and haftaras that we'll be reading. Um, the second one is Zachar, preceding Purim. The third is Parshash Achodesh, And then the fourth is Parshash Parah, leading up to Pesach. So between now and Pesach, uh, we have four distinct mafters, and this is uh, the first in that series, and there's a lot of mystical meaning around the purpose of each of these, um, where we ch- uh, deviate from our ordinary mafter and our Torah, and recite one of these four parshas. So I want to talk about specifically the half shekel, which is really recited as part of the mafter. From Kis, uh, Kisiv, Kisisa, um, and we're going to show how this half shekel ends up trumping Haman's decree to annihilate Klavius Ruel Chazbasholom. So the first statement comes from a Gemara in Mesertes Megillah, Dav Yud Gimel Ahmed Beyes. The Gemara says the following. Gemara quotes the Pesach in Megillus Esther, where Haman is conveying his idea to annihilate Klal Yisrael to Achashverosh, who was the king at the time, and he tells him, if the king agrees with my plan, with my final solution, we should destroy the Jews, and he offers the following um Contribution Vahim kikar is has independent wealth and he 's making a contribution from the private sector to donate ten thousand kikar of silver Kikar as we'll see <coughs> later is a substantial amount. And he was going to contribute that to the coffers. Seemingly on the surface uh, is to hire mercenaries uh, to actually implement the plan. And then this way, uh, he, he's not conveying that this has to come from public funds. Um, he will personally fund this project. Says the Gemara as follows. Amar <speaking> ish Galu veyadua, lifnei misha, amar v'hoi oilam. HaKadosh Baruch Hashem knew. She Haman that Haman was going to offer up ten thousand kikar of Shkalem to annihilate the Jewish people. Therefore, hikdim Therefore, gave us a mitzvah in the midrash still. The mitzvah us a shekel to preempt Haman Shkalem. And that mitzvah continues through the time of the Beis HaMikdash, and we even have a remembrance of it today, through the reading of the parasha and through giving a machzah shekel, on tiny ancestor or purim. So the Gemara continues, When the Beis HaMikdash existed, starting with the first day of Adar, the courts would already announce for everyone to bring that machzah shekel. In the time of the Beis HaMikdash, Everyone bought a half a shekel, which was a relatively modest amount, and um, that was, uh, was like a mi- minor tax, and that was used for all the collective karbonas, the daily carbon tabid, from the morning and the afternoon, the carbon musaf of Shabbos, the sacrifices that were bought at the Beis on the Yom Tovim, and so forth. So it was really for the overall of HaMegdash. Now, the psukim that we're going to read this week from Pashas Kisisa, referred to the machzizah shekel, that every head of household, approximately 600,000 people in the Midbar, between the ages of 20 to 60, had to contribute for the count. So periodically in the Midbar, the entire Jewish people are counted. And uh, the generation that goes out of Mitzrayim is really headed up or identified with these six hundred thousand heads of household, and as you may know, um, just about all of them perish in the midbar for the sin of the eagle and the meraglim, and uh, ultimately the only ones who survive is Yeshua and Kalev, and Yeshua takes us into Eretz Yisrael. In fact, even Miriam, Moshe. Uh, and Aharon also died in that last year, that 40th year in the midbar. So the command that we're going to read him after is that um, instead of the people counting, that can lead to an iron Everyone contributed a half a shekel, and they counted the Shkolim. And uh, the pasuk says, "Ze yitnu kola over al Everyone that was counted, machsis a shekel, the shekel a kodesh. It's a certain amount, a demarcation, a value, um, and. Uh, who had to do this? The heads of households from 20 and up. And the Torah adds one more pasuk, which you can keep in mind for later. If someone was wealthy, he says, I want to make a more substantial contribution. Very nice, but now's not the time for that. So he can only give a half. If a someone is impoverished, he can't give it in smaller coins or in dribs and drabs. He actually has to... Um, borrow money and, and be part of this count, and he had to give this half a shekel. The same goes for the half a shekel uh, public assessment that was done later in the Migdish. So those are the parameters. Uh, so my question is, what is the mechanism in which, or through which, this mitzvah, shekel, overrides and preempts and ultimately er- erases and reverses Haman's intention, Haman's degree, to annihilate us, chash Uh It's just simply shekel versus shekel. And some of them grapple with this. Uh, some will say that um, the machzah shekel that we gave in the Midbar uh, was really the same value that approximately a thousand years later adds up to 10,000 uh, kikar, because in the Midbar we only had the sum total of all these half shekels Of 600,000 people, namely a total of 300,000 shkalim, which yielded 100 kikar, was still only 1% of the 10,000 that Haman gave. Um, So, one perspective is to try to show that, so to speak, with inflation, uh, it it kind of was the same amount. The Ben Yoda, who also wrote the Ben Yishchai, famous Ben Yoda of Baghdad, um, says Pshar is that when we're blessed, There's a bracha that even one Jewish soldier can chase many, and a hundred can chase 10,000. So he said, once we are blessed and do this mitzvah appropriately, this will override 10,000. In other words, 100 will override 10,000. Nevertheless... This sounds like a cute thing, but what is the process? So I had a, a creative flash. I wanted to invoke a Kliyakar. The Kliyakar is in the end of Parashat Beshalach. It's on Perak Yudzayin, Pasuk Ches, where the Torah relates a Amalek coming and attacking the Jewish people in the Midbar. And um, this was a little bit after the Kriyas of the splitting of the Red Sea. Um, And he fights us. The Torah says, And he waged war with the Jewish people in Rafidim, That was the name of the place. Now what... So Amalek is the great-great-great-grandfather of um, Haman. What triggered our vulnerability that would allow him to attack us? Says the Kliyaka, an amazing observation. If you look, what happened is we ran out of water and we immediately kind of lost it. It created a remarkable internal strife and it also related, yielded a distrust in God. We suddenly questioned whether God is here. And he quotes the previous psukim, um, actually literally the previous pasuk that says, they called that place, Vayikra Shemamaka Masa Umariva. It was a place of strife and argument because the Jewish people argued with each other. And also, they kind of tested God, Lamor, to say, Is Hashem in our midst or is he not? And immediately, the next verse is. Kleoka points out that we became vulnerable in two domains. On the one hand, we lost our unity, we factionalized, and that's the meaning of the word maso meriva. And secondly, we also lost and severed our connection to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. We questioned God's presence within us and his capacity to give us water. So after all the ten plagues in Egypt, getting us out miraculously, culminating in the splitting of the sea, and yet suddenly... In a matter of days, we are again questioning Hashem. So he said basically, a malik is like a fly, a flying ointment. A fly can't really pierce through a a whole dough or a whole piece of meat. However, if there's a little weakness, there's a little vulnerability, there's a speck, it can then latch onto that and penetrate. He said, that's the Yetzirah. He said, it's likened to a zruv, to a fly. Says the Kliyakar, the same thing happened by Haman. If you look in the Megillah, right in the beginning, when he approaches Achashverosh and wants to convey his intention, he said, "This is Paragimel Pasuk Ches in Megillah says, Haman Yeshno There's this nation Mefuzer uMeforad Ben Amem This means there are interpersonally dispersed. They lost their unity and therefore they're vulnerable. Umaforad means they're also separated from, pirud, from their God, which is exactly the same phrase that was also used in, in the Midbar when a Amalek comes. And what was the name of the place? Rafidim. So Chazal interpreted that to mean Rafidim also means a laxity. Rafu Yadam they slackened off from the Torah, so there was also a, a a period, a severance of their connection to Hashem. So Haman is really a total reenactment of what happens in the, of what happened in the midbar with his grandfather Amalek. Well, if those are our vulnerabilities, what are the antidotes? So the antidotes are to restore unity. On the one hand, and what does Esther do? Sure enough, in Megillus Esther, Perik Pastor Esther tells Mordechai, Gather everyone, let's reunite, let's demonstrate a sense of agdos, a true sense of collective. And furthermore, what's the next phase? Vetsumu Fast, do tshuva, repent, reconnect to Hashem. She invokes a fast of three days, and that actually coincided with Pesach, where she felt that due to the danger, this sign of tshuva, repentance, and reconnecting to Hashem should override the the, the simcha and the other mitzvahs of Pesach. And sure enough, it works. The degre, the decree is reversed. What happens by What happens in Purim? We. We accept the Torah willingly. And that's what it says, kimu vekiblu ha So the Gemara in Shabbos, Dav Pei says, kimu, they accepted Masha Kiblu because there was a sense of coercion by our Sinai, here we accepted it willingly. So it was again a reenactment of Kabbalah Torah, and it was a restoration of unity, which is always a prerequisite to the Torah. Just like what happened in Yisrael. It says, "Va'yichan Shamiso Negehar." When we encamped at the base of Har Sinai in Chodesh Sivan, six days before getting the Torah, it says, "Va'yichan" in a singular, not in plural. It doesn't say "Va'yachanu." It says, "Va'yichan." And Rashi on the spot says, "Va'yichan So it appears these two domains: the interpersonal domain and the I Thou our relationship with Hashem are intertwined. And which makes sense, if man is an image of God, violating and disrespecting any other human is automatically a desecration of God. So the two go hand in hand. And therefore, to win favor, we need to rectify both domains. That's exactly what happens as an antidote to Haman's intention of pointing to our vulnerability we rectify that, we are metaken there. tikkun. Now, let's get back to the machziz a shekel Machziz a shekel is a half a shekel. According to the Barbanel, they actually took a silver coin and they split it in half to to, to signify that everyone's giving that half. They split it in in two pieces. The al says the reason we give a half a shekel, not a full shekel, to show that each Jewish person is merely a half. If you give half and I give half, only then we're whole. He quotes Rav Shlomo who was his contemporary, uh, mystical figure in the 1500s in Swas. Rav Shlom Elkavats, by the way, was the one who composed the a remarkably mystical figure, as says Rav Moshe Alshech. Furthermore, the Medrash Tanchuma says that the Machzor Shekel was a rectification for selling Yosef. Again, that w- selling Yosef was a disunity. The Mitzvah Shekel now rectifies that. And finally, I quoted in the beginning the Mitzvah Machthasa Shekel is that great equalizer. Everyone gives the same amount. If you're rich or you're poor, you cannot give more and you cannot give less. That's the great equalizer. In fact, Rebbe Chaim Shmulevitz makes a point of saying that the machzah shekel and the midbar was used for the adonim, essentially the sockets that held up the walls of the Mishkan. Why? Because every Jewish person should have an equal amount that, that they contribute to holding up the mish- Mishkan, the tabernacle. Um, and uh, so he makes a chesh, how those hundred kikar were used, um, two sockets for each of the 96, uh, for, uh, yielded 96, two sockets for each of the 48 boards, and the other four for the Urea. So the point is, they went into sustaining the wall and the base of the Mishkan. That's a sign of Achdis. So what do we see from all this? That the a shekel arash column reflect the process of unity, a strategic intent manifested through behavior to restore our unity, the antidote to factionalization, and therefore it's also a restoration of our commitment to Hashem. So now we can understand the Gemara very beautifully, and that's why Parsha Shkalim is read right here at the outset as we finish Chodesh and get ready for Purim," said Reb Shimon Ben Lakish. Hashem saw that Haman is going to offer ten thousand kikar kesef. Following his observation that we are mafuzer and mafirid, we're disunited. We're factionalized. And we're severed in our connectedness from Hashem. The antidote to that is a preemptive Mahzas a shekel. Every time we give to Mah's a Shekel, we are cognizant of our commitment to restore our unity. We all it's the great equalizer. We each give a half. Together we are a whole. And that's the beautiful Pshat in the Gemara. So there's a real underlying mechanism here. It's not simply shekel versus shekel. Uh, wish everyone a great Shabbos and we should internalize the lesson of the Mahts of Shekel and when that parsha is read it should really be a catalyst for the restoration of the Megdish, but we should indeed contribute that Mahts of Shekel again in a united fashion. Thank you.